Welcome to Death Readers, Episode 6, Book Rap Party. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. We have finished Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or if you're reading the UK version, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. We got through Chapter 16 and 17, that's what we're going over today. Uh, chapter 16, Through the Trap Door. Uh, let's, just, let's just get into it. I'm going to say that, first note in this chapter, for me, feels like there's a, like the first two pages... Like a handful of weird double entendres. Just going to get that out right out in the open. Is this because of Hermione's sexual awakening last time? No, not at all. It has nothing to do with centaurs and how muscular and toned they are. I mean... In the glistening full moonlight. Uh, they're probably vegans. They're probably... Yeah, they are. Healthy diets. Quirrell's not. No. So... Swell, swell. But in the first two pages, there's like a handful of opportunities for these double entendres. Okay. There's a, a reference to the anti-cheating curse on the quills. Hmm. Seems like that's something a lot of ladies would like to cast on their men. Their quills can't wander and cheat. <laughs> the uprising in quotations of Elfie the Eager. Oh, how eager was he? And how much did he uprise? <laughs> Pretty gross. The last one is that there's a whole handful of students tickling the tentacles of a giant squid. Oh my god. It's really nasty. And these are the first two which pages. Was, which was basking in the warm shallows. Just basking. In the warm getting shallows. Getting tickles. I mean, yeah, okay, there's there's certainly a... Not licentiousness. Sensuality. There's a sensuality to the writing. Not really, but I like reading. I'm just saying maybe somebody else is, was getting their tick... Tickles, tick. That's hard. Maybe, okay. maybe somebody else is having a sexual awakening <laughs> in chapter thirteen <laughs> through their own trapdoor. Whoa! See, that's it's, what I mean. I feel right like there's there a lot of title. it. I didn't. I mean, I'm definitely. Harry was insisting. rubbing his forehead. Yeah, which forehead? <laughs> <laughs> it means danger's coming. Oh, yeah, it is. It's nasty. Really? I mean, this is... Weird. Ron couldn't get worked up. No, I bet Ron or, had that problem a lot. Or up at all. <laughs> I, 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 was I went for I just, like, cleared it up for you. <laughs> just wanted to make sure it was, like, just right in your face. Just all over your face. That's all I can see now. This is nothing but porn. Well, if it was all over your face, you couldn't see much more. So. Oh, my God. Book rap party. <laughs> Book rap party. <laughs> this is how we're starting up the last episode. Just, <laughs> just filth. Just disgustingness. <laughs> Dirty as a couple of trolls in a girl's bathroom. Washroom? Is that what they called it? Yeah, I think so. Whatever. I, I don't think the British acknowledge the bathing. Well, I was gonna say pooping. Well, it's you don't poop in a bath, do you? You don't. I don't. Hope you don't. Anyway. Okay. Rob poops in baths. Um. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Un- <news>. Unequivocally decided. <laughs> uh. I just wanted to get that out of the way. You know, icebreaker. Uh, A lot of sexiness going on in here. Oh, and to be fair, I just want to make a note. I'll read read a little passage here on your Hermione's sexual awakening of of centaurs. Maybe she also has a thing for werewolves, because as it says here, I needn't have learned about the 1637 werewolf code of contact or the uprising of Elfric the Eager. Those both sound like erotic novels. Like that, those sound like the title of things that she would be like. Like post centaur awakening is like, oh, I wonder what kind of steamy literature we have in the Hogwarts library. The restricted in the restriction, yeah, in the restriction section where I have. I don't remember has Harry gotten his uh, invisible cloak back yet? I bet I know where it is. God, all I can see. It's really gross. Why panted Hermione? Yeah, (laughs) Harry scrambling up the grassy slope. Ugh. Ugh. 
I mean, I don't feel like there's like that much in the other chapters. I feel like these last two. Hagrid sitting in an armchair. That's oh. that's, that's not. I don't <laughs> no, it's everywhere, man. <laughs> uh, well, you could say it's not that unusual. You get a lot of funny folk here in Hogshead. There is an edit there. There is. <clears throat> Read your passage from It's Not That Unusual. It's not that unusual. Yeah, get a lot of funny folk in the Hogshead. Keep going. That's the pub down in the village. My, that has been edited. Okay. It's not that unusual. You get a lot of funny folk in the Hogshead. That's one of the pubs down one in the village. One of the pubs? They changed it. One of. Because, you know, because later broomsticks. <gasps> but, I mean, that's how people talk. They that's don't retcon. Like, like, if I say I was at... Name of a bar. You would say Fred's Place. That's the bar in town. I'm not going to list every bar. I'm not going to say it's one of the bars. Right, but this town's not a town. It's really like an interstate. No, he's just saying, because they don't, they're they're 11 years old. He's like, oh, that's the pub in the village. Just, uh, you you know, need to know more about it. I feel like that's a, that's just fan service. That's late, that's sloppy. People whined about it. Yeah, that's what But it's not inconsistency. No. And they changed it. They fucking changed it. It bothers me that they changed it. Yeah. Wish they hadn't. Yeah. Never give in to your fans. Never give in. That's the lesson. Fuck them. Fucking muggles. <laughs> Do you say muggles or mudbloods? Muggles. Okay. Yeah, we don't know about mudbloods yet. We don't. I thought we... Book two? Are you sure? The phrase. Yeah. Because it's all when Draco calls it to her. We're getting... He hasn't ourselves. called her that in this, mo- this book No, because that's why met? Ron's curses him with the slugs. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a really foul word. Yeah. Well, Except, well, we'll get to that because yeah. I've got problems. Um, I, I just curse humans, yeah, non-magic folks. Fuck those guys. Uh, my next note is that is, this chapter has two really heavy. Oh no, this one. This only has one. Okay. This chapter has a heavy paragraph at the end of page two seventy, where Harry kind of goes off on his friends about them maybe not wanting to go finish this quest, and he he just like. This is the dark side comment. No. Area. Mm, yes. Don't you is, get it? Yes. This is the dark side. He goes off on her. He reference. He tells him about how you know there's no. So gonna, what? Yeah, Harry there's, shouted. There's not going to be a, a Hogwarts if they don't succeed, or if Voldemort comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last part he mentions, Voldemort killed my parents. Remember, like that. The book had been pretty child safe up until that moment for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why, but this moment where it's like that felt really adultish, or at least no, adultish. I, that's I mean, <laughs> it's like a smack of reality in this yes, book. Yes, exactly. I, how many fairy tales start with the parents died? Sure. Okay, fine. Right. That happens. But now he's like, no, this has consequences. Right. Shit's connected. Like, if we don't succeed, other people's parents are going to die. And mine already have. Like, he says he might as well go wait to die at the Dursleys. Like, that's pretty dark yeah. uh, for a kid's book. And it, it just, it sort of, you know, shook me a little bit. Mm. Like, shocked me more than shook. I mean, I, I can handle it. I didn't cry or anything. But I promise, no tears. Mm. <laughs> But uh, it did seem rather gruff for child's play. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this whole chapter is growing up. No, because most of it's like these dumb little traps. Like that was my my next problem with it is that all these like trials that these super smart wizards and witches in Hogwarts come up with are like Do you play talk- it play a game of chess, kids. Do you want to talk about Neville Stand first? Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. You do like your Neville. I like Neville a lot, and I really liked how he stood up to his friends. That's his chapter? Yeah. Oh, man. Because before they go to the trapdoor, he's like, you're going out again. Yeah, and then they she binds him. Yeah. Oh, man. Neville's great. That that was pretty awesome. 
I do I do like my Neville, and that was another moment of him being absolutely the best written character so far. Like, 100%, everything Neville's in, he makes it better. He's like the Tom Hanks of Harry Potter. <laughs> he makes everybody else better because he's there. And then we get more a little more Peeves, which... Yeah, fuck Peeves. That's what I thought you'd say. Peeves sucks. Another useless scene. Like, why is he even there? Just to remind you, hey, his character's still around. Traps are less featured. It's, I mean, well... They don't deal with the dog because the thing's playing, so they just go by it. Well, they 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 do. Oh yeah. Oh no, that was the movie. I'm yeah, that, sorry. They, I'm they play the no, flute they play at the flute, him. So never mind. Yeah. I'm wrong. Which the I flute, said was completely wrong. The flute was never in the movie, was it? Hagrid, Hagrid was playing it, but that's it. He never gave it to Harry for his, for Christmas. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, Devil Snare plays out differently. I don't even remember that. In the this movie. is this is one of the first instances of of my Ron Weasley beef. Beef, right? Which I have nothing against Ron Weasley in the books. I just don't like how he's portrayed in the movies. Uh, here, he and Hermione come off pretty equal. They both get the help get him out of the trap. In the movie, he's just played as you know, oh whiny Ron, and Harry admonishes him. Good thing Her- Hermione didn't lose her head. But here, Ron's clearly like, the fuck, you're a witch. Do this shit, right? And they're a lot more even. Yeah, she's she's a lot more bookish. She's a lot more. I don't want to say real life, but. Practical, maybe, and together they're they're a really good team, and that does not balance in the movie, and that's why everyone can't stand that Ron and Hermione are together. Yeah, they do. She uh, just, this Hermione is not a supermodel. Well, neither is the eleven-year-old in the movie, but but I mean, come on, I feel like they they could have done some. They could have ugged her up. They could have ugged <clears> her up. They could have looked at her parents, and not cast the you know most potentially beautiful person in the world. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it's Britain. Potentially, I'm just saying it's Britain. They had plenty of like, go plenty for it. of lambast that entire island. Just go for it. Is that based? Oh yeah, do that too. <laughs> do both. The basting of the lambs. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. <laughs> um. Okay. Anyway, so that, guess, that's that's I mean, that's that's my the, the first real you, big discrepancy I feel between Ron in the books and Ron in the movies. So what are you saying that because she's beautiful, she has to be super smart? I'm saying no, not at all. That was that's not my comment at all. But just because Ron's been really effective up until this point as sort of the comedic, good silly faces. That's where they go with him, and they give anything he might do that actually helps Harry right. to Hermione. And yeah, creates a really unbalanced dynamic in the movies. Yeah, I, I I agree. Except that I think that being good at chess, especially in this context, is pretty weak. It's a pretty weak addition to the group. True. I feel like it's the kind of thing that would totally be on par for Hermione's character, just as much as this version of Ron. That's fine. That's um, that's that's fair. But that's not what I'm talking. About. I'm not talking about the chess scene. The chess scene's kind of a throwaway thing that they made him good at chess earlier in the book, only so he could solve this thing later. What else did he do that helped them besides like besides the chess? Well, I haven't. Well, the part where he yells at her to cast a fire spell. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. In the movie, it's not it's not done that way. But no. he doesn't. But that what what have you gone mad? Are you a witch or not? Yeah, but what is that really? I mean, is just being encouragement? Like, I don't see how much that adds. You don't think she would have figured out... No, oh, yeah, by the she way, was panicking. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, fair enough. So he's... So you're, he you're saying grounded. He gets to be level-headed in the yeah. book. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not always. Certainly, he, he has fits of... Rage. Rage. Yeah. But <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's just a more balanced dynamic in the yeah. books. Okay, that's fair. I can... And I this is only for senses. I'm just... Because I know right. where everything goes. Right. 
she's not a wunderkind, well, as much of one. She, yeah, she's definitely, in the books at least so far, clearly, I guess you could say pigeonholed into being book smart. Um, where Ron doesn't really get that. I mean, but, but what, he doesn't really get much even in the books, really. I mean, that, I still feel like the moment you're describing is almost, I don't know, I overlook it. It's easy for me to overlook that as being significant. I appreciate that you find significance in it. I feel I feel bad that I didn't pick up on it, but I don't know you how would, many I people would. I feel like it's, I'd already read a number of them, and by the I saw the first movie, I didn't think of anything. It wasn't until, like, where he gets really sulky in, like, movie four. When and Harry... And he's super pouty. When Harry gets into the Goblet of Fire. Right, and he does, that definitely happens in the book, right. but there's, it's just either sulky or... Or making a silly face at spiders. That's the two things yeah. that movie Ron brings to the table. Yeah. And again, nothing against Rupert Grint. Grint? Grint. Grint. Grint? I believe. I mean, he, never I mean that's how they had him act. That's how they had him you know, yeah. portrayed. Yeah. I think he was just fine as Ron. They just didn't like how they characterized Ron. Yeah. I can appreciate that. I mean, I, I'll see if I come to, like, understand more of what your perspective is as I read more. Because, like I said, at least at least with this book, I didn't find it as much. No. Um, this instance, I can see you pointing it out. I just, I didn't, I did not pick up on it. When we're in the middle of book seven, I'm going to come back to this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you eat your words. I, well, I'm agreeing with you, so I don't know how many I'll words I'll say I'll one of those Szechuan sauces. Ugh. Okay. But I still feel like the puzzles themselves were pretty weak. Puzzles like, themselves are very weak. They're to entertain children. Yeah. They are not something a real witcher wizard. I mean, I feel like there'd be flaying skin and but this melting is, fat inside your body. Especially how we shit. get later. Yeah. I mean, maybe it wouldn't be quite so dark magic, but they are pretty silly. For 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 Voldemort. It's Voldemort. Yeah, for we're Voldemort. talking about Voldemort. Yeah. Well, technically, I don't think they know it's him trying to get at this. I thing. feel like. I feel like you think Albus does. I feel like Dumbledore's whole reason for getting the Sorcerer's Stone is suspecting. I mean, why would he? Why would he now want the Sorcerer's Stone? He must have heard some shit going down in Albania. Well, we know there's more than one Dark Wizard. I mean, we we but know why now? He would know why now when Harry comes. Why this year? I feel like maybe those are coincidental. Like maybe maybe Dumbledore is looking at it as coincidental. May I mean he's definitely guiding Harry for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's this, but again, I don't, I don't know. Those the motives Dumbledore has in this book are are clouded. What I'm saying is, in the last ten years, why does he choose this date to say, "Hey, Nick, I need to borrow your Sorcerer's Stone, put it in the bank"? Because he knew he or must have known someone was coming to get it. Hmm. My question is, how do we know that he knew that it was Voldemort? I say because he's Dumbledore. Maybe, but I I say there are like he's already dealt with other evil wizards, so. And we know, but only again, one of them's really insane about everlasting life. Well, then what's the difference between him and Nicholas Flamel? Like, why does Nicholas Flamel deserve to live everlasting, or until he decides not to? But because he ain't, he ain't hurt nobody. So Dumbledore gets to decide that he gets to decide who gets to obtain which and magical objects. Like, yeah, that seems weird. Well, maybe if you were Dumbledore, it wouldn't. That seems ter- just as tyrannical as Voldemort. Okay. That, that sounds like something someone who wasn't Dumbledore would say. Not my headmaster. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Dumbledore control now. <laughs> the keys. That was goofy. There's a setup for they're going to attack us and then they don't. That seemed kind of a waste of time. It's because all- they did attack in the movie, right? I haven't seen the movie for a while. I don't I don't know, and man. They, I don't remember. You got the keys and they show them, like, they cut to the keys like... <gasps> And attack and swoop and only part I remember about the keys in the movie is that the the key that is the actual key looks 
starkly different than every other key. Like, comically... It looks like a, something that would be, like, a, a cell frame from the Disney Alice in Wonderland movie. Like, it looks like the key that goes into the doorknob. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like to me. And that was very silly. So that's all I remember about it, is it has a little broken wing. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. But my question about the... Because that's the end. It's that, and then they get to the one of the drinking the potions, right? Uh, well, they cross the troll at some point. Is He's already asleep, the... and so that they do nothing with him. Which we know, in retrospect, that's Quirrell. Yeah, it's his, it's his trap, right? But he's easily getting through all these other traps, so he. Here, the Alohomora charm doesn't work, but why does it work on the door leading to the third floor court? I mean, it's really shoddily protected that stone. It really is, and, and like, and even the part with the riddle. Like, I'm not good at riddles. I wouldn't have been able to figure it out. I mean, I got the part about my sister said, like, the part where they talk about the two potions being identical to to the naked eye, but right. somehow being slightly different. Whatever. However, Hermione figured that out. I don't care. Ron also is the one who noticed what kind of key they were looking for. Again, I feel like if Ron wasn't there, though, everybody else would have figured all that stuff out. The chess is the only thing Ron does that I don't that they establish no other character probably could have handled. I'm not saying they wouldn't have. I'm saying she takes the time to point this out to us and show us that Ron is useful. It feels like tokenism. It feels like she's like, well, he has to. He's there, so we have to make him helpful. <laughs> Equal opportunity for redheads. Yeah. Well, not exactly that, but just like he's like she has to use him somehow. But I feel like either of those things could e- equally be attributed to either her, him, and Hermione. I would argue that Ron is, you know, just being well as well written as the traps. Yeah. And, okay. But it's fair. But her intent is still there. I don't know if I can read intent to that. I want to agree with you because <laughs> I want you to have your, your your Ron thing. But this, I don't know. The thing about the potions that. I had a question about was like I don't feel like it's written in there that as to be as obvious that Quirrell must have drank some of these too uh, I thought there was because there's only enough left in the one bottle for one way trip through the fire why wouldn't there be only enough for one one way trip through the fire or or one two way trip is that how much there were because he, he has to drink it when he comes back the whole the whole thing about the, the that's a different bottle Oh, is it? Yeah. Why would the one bottle the of Hermione thing? drinks will take her back through the fire. I don't think he has to drink anything to come back from the other room to this to the potion. I room. think they might have said something about. It. I think the riddle. Where's the riddle? Riddle is danger lies before you, while safety lies behind. Two of us will help you, whichever you would find. One among us seven will let you move ahead. Another will transport the drinker back instead. Uh, I kind of fucked up the meter there. I didn't. I'm just saying the meter's fucked up. Two among our number hold only nettle wine. Three of us are killers waiting hidden in line. Let's use another syllable. Choose unless you wish to stay here forevermore. To help you in your choice, we give you these clues for. First, however slightly the poison tries to hide, you will always find some on nettle wine's left side. Second, different are those who stand at either end, but if you would move onward, neither is your friend. Third, as you see clearly, all are different size. Neither dwarf nor giant holds death in their insides. Fourth, the second left and second on the right are twins once you taste them, though different at first sight. So there's one bottle that lets you go back. Yeah. But the other one lets you go forward? Right, because I think there's two different colored flames. Okay. It's like, it's like black flame and something else. Okay. I don't remember. Immediately a fire sprang up behind them in the doorway. It wasn't ordinary fire either. It was purple. At the same instant, black flame shot up on the doorway leading onward. They were trapped. Okay, so they have to... Yeah. So why wouldn't he drink all of the... He does. There's but just how enough... is there any left for Harry? Oh, he he quarrel. Quarrel, yeah. Oh, okay, I think he just took a mouthful. 
again, that feels really like maybe, maybe that there's feels maybe, convenient. Maybe you don't. I mean, there's okay, dog. The subtle art and magic of potion making. Flip, 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 flip. Quote. Clearly, Quarrel or Voldemort knew that if they drank too much, it would have done something else. Or what if it's like that uh, container that Harry has to scoop all the drink all the water out of, or have Voldemort drink all the liquid out of? Dumbledore. Damn it! Were you thinking of the same guy? Is that what you're getting at? Is that what you're going towards here? No, they just have similar sounding names to they me. They do. Uh, no, maybe maybe it's like the Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Maybe it's like the thing that Harry has to force feed yeah. Dumbledore water out of at the end of the last movie where he what Six, seven, second to last movie whatever third to last movie either really six it's the Deathly Hallows it's a wait you're right no, oh it's a, I know it's a Horcrux right. though yes well maybe it's like the thing that Harry has to force feed Dumbledore when he's getting all that liquid out of it when they have to fight off all those zombies in that lake Maybe it's one of those, like, a container that constantly refills, but it just took longer this time. Maybe they got there so close to when Voldemort got through that it hadn't refilled. Maybe it refills every time a person enters the passage. Ah. Enough for one person, so you can army in there. There you go, JK. Took care of it for you. Okay. Just tell people that when they when they raise reasonable questions about your writing. <laughs> reasonable? Yeah, why didn't he drink the whole thing? Like, why would you, like... If, okay, if it was me, if someone said, drink this to get through the thing, I'm drinking, like, to not be burned to death, I'm drinking the whole thing. Like, I mean, why would you have more than I need? In so this, maybe it's magic. It just, it's like medicine. You don't take more medicine than you need. Maybe it just fills up to that line, and it looks like it's half empty, but you it's actually... Again, but we're doing all the work. So I feel that she leaves it open for you to do the work. It's an open source fantasy. That Okay, so if I hire a gardener, yeah. and the gardener comes by and is just like, yeah, uh, you know... I brought all the equipment, but I'm going to leave it open to you okay. to do the work. It's a fair argument. However, you can then fire that gardener as you could put this book down. But you well, don't. I can't put the book because down. Because you did the work. We're committed to it. Well, there's that too. Also, we ha- I'm doing the work. <laughs> I'm still doing the work. See, I'm saying you're, you're choosing like <clears throat> that eccentric rich no, 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 person no. Okay, the, to the do the gardening. Is, I'm not complaining about having to... I'm not reading. I'm saying it speaks... It feels like this is the, like a bit of a dip in her writing... Abilities. Like and I'm saying get that, get out there and prune your own bushes. I mean, that's pretty much the end of that chapter as far as I can tell. What else you got? Anything else for that chapter? The line I never liked, movie or book. Books and cleverness. They're more important things. Friendship and ba- bravery. Or worse, expelled. <laughs> I can priorities, man. There was already somebody there. It wasn't Snape. It wasn't even Voldemort. But it was. It wasn't even Voldemort. But it was. God damn it. But it also was. <laughs> wasn't even Voldemort. Shut up. Chapter 17. Yeah, but it was, though. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Chapter 17. Crucio, Crucio, Crucio. <laughs> Chapter 17. The man with two faces. It was Quirrell. And Dumbledore. Voldemort. And Voldemort. Jesus Christ. Dumbledore does show up in the ch- in this chamber later. <laughs> he does. Indeed. Right. You're too nosy to live, Potter. Yes, yeah, says the guy who famously has no nose. <laughs> You're not nosy enough, douche. That's fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, 
loose end tying here. Like a noose. Tried to kill you. Your friend, Miss Granger, actually knocked me over. Broke eye contact in a few seconds. Just so paragraphs I, of, this I, is what happened, you meddling kids. Well, I wanted to clarify something for you that we had mentioned in at least the last episode, I think. Confirmation on page 293. At least in my book, is 293. Okay. Quirrell drank the unicorn blood. Not Voldemort. Right. I did ask about that. Where is that com- uh, confirmed? Um, let me see if I can find it in my chapters. Because, uh, like I said, it says 293 on my notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, see what I have become, the face said, mere shadow and oh, okay. vapor. Post face. I have a form only when I can share another's body, but there have always been those willing to let me into their hearts and minds. Unicorn blood has strengthened me these weeks. You saw Faithful Quirrell drinking it for me in nice. the forest. So Quirrell drinking it for Voldemort in the forest. I'd say Quirrell probably has a half-life with the dude on the back of his head. Yeah. Especially after he gets the dude on the back of his head. <laughs> but, like, I, we did have a question about it. I forget exactly what the nature of the question was. but Just just who drank it. But just, like, yeah, whether or not he was, like... Crawling backwards. Yeah, crawling yeah. backwards like some sort of creepy the ring right. ghost. Right. So now we know. It's a little less cool, but still... I mean, it's still really cool. I'll give... I'll forgive... You know, a fledgling fledgling writer's first kill. Yeah, her her the issues with the traps and all that other stuff I was bitching about a second ago because drinking unicorn blood in in a moonlit forest is pretty fucking cool, and that was yeah it it was like like I think we mentioned in that episode it's like everything you want in a blacklight poster is in that description of that yeah uh, also confirmation Voldemort hisses too mm-hmm. no Good snake point. people Good. hiss also Ron for some people. reason. Well, once everybody gets. I'm more. saying. I'm saying, Harry Mortz is rubbing off on him. Yeah, they don't get. It, I've had. A, I, I had to read looking for it in the past. It's pretty. The reference to Quirrell's actual death is pretty hidden. You don't see. There's nothing about him crumbling, like in the movie. Oh, okay. There's nothing about you know the hands black. I mean, maybe his hands blackened, but but basically he's screaming as Harry passes out. And yes, there's only and a don't... single sentence where Dumbledore says Voldemort left him to die. That's it. That could mean no, he's still alive. No confirmation that he actually is dead. He was left to die. I think they say, like in later books, Quirrell died or something. But yeah, it's it's much less obvious that Harry kind of killed the teacher. Yeah, I was going to say, let's let's talk about that. Because Harry like realizes that nearly touching this guy causes, causes him, him agony. Yeah, and Harry's like... Let's do it. Yeah. Well, to be again, to be a little fair to the evil that is Harry Potter, he did have to go through a school where the janitor has a torture chamber. That's true. And other stuff. So we don't know what happened between the pages oh, of Jesus. these books oh. about how many times students were like mutilated or you know scarred by this horror. We only got a handful of the, essence of Mert Lap. They're never gonna know. I don't know what that means, but yeah. No, you tell no one. <laughs> well, because I don't know. I don't know what you're essence talking about. Essence of Mert Lap. That's uh, book five. That's what you soak your. No, it's what you soak your scarred hand in from a magic quill. Oh, we must not tell lies. We, we must, yeah, yeah. Essence of Mertlap. Yeah, I don't remember that. <sighs> well, maybe read the books. Well, this is exactly what we're doing right now. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, l- literally. He felt Quarrel's arm wrench from his grasp. Knew all was lost, fell down into blackness. Down. Down. Wait for it. Down. So after battle, I mean, I don't know. Like, the whole Voldemort thing. I mean, it's spoiled because of the movie, like I've seen the movie, but like it's, again, it's awesome. It's super fun. It's a really cool reveal. I really like how creepy the back of the head bad guy is. Like, Mm -hmm. 
nobody expects that. No one no. who read that fucking book, no one expected that. Like, that's so cool and fucking weird and creepy. Like, I, I just genuinely love it. Like, good on you. <laughs> well done. Yeah. She should get an award. She should, like, be a professional writer. I, yeah. I, I mean, I would read more of these books. <laughs> Well, there's still half a chapter to go. There's still half a chapter chappy to go. Finally, we get to Dumbledore. Unless you had something. Well, else we want to talk about anything else about the the fight or the reveal. I mean, again, I I don't like you. You sort of were going to go there, and I interrupted you about like the whole like oh exposition you blasted kids. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, it's just, it seems like every other paragraph is, yes, this is what happened, or this explains that particular yeah, mystery. Right. Which is fine. I mean, no, it, it is. It, it, it's really noticeable. Certainly, I have a special gift with trolls. You must have seen what I did in the one out there. And this is what happened when I let him in on Halloween. Snape oh, suspected me. Cut me off. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I forgot to mention the thing that bothered me about the dark side comment okay. in the last chapter was that. Is this, the, this is the first time we see those words, the dark side, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I can't remember if it continues, but it's incredibly, you're like Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. You That's can't the, not yeah. think. Yeah, it felt like copyright infringement. Right. Like, not to that offensive a degree, but very much like... You couldn't have said something. You well, couldn't I mean, say anything else. And again, an 11-year-old in 1991, he probably at least heard Dudley watching Star Wars from his closet. Even then, like... On Betamax, whatever they use over there. Even if Harry had had that, she shouldn't have wrote that. Like, like call it something. Like, what other fictions use that phrase? Agreed about the fictions, but what other phrase springs to mind of an 11-year-old when describing the bad guys? I don't know. There's got to be, like, work for 11-year-olds before 1977 that... But this was after 1977. Yeah, before Star Wars invented the dark side, there must have been... I mean, come on. Lucas called the magic the Force. He took a noun and capitalized it to make it a proper noun. It's not that creative. Same with the dark side. I'm sure other books use the dark side I'm not side saying it's him. super creative. I'm saying it's proprietary. Like, it, there's got to have been something in, in, in fiction before 1977 where you have an evil force sure. or whatever that is called something different. I agree that there has to be that. Right. I also agree that there are probably many properties before 1977 that use the term the dark side. Okay, that's fair, but I can't think of one. And also because of 1977, that means Star Wars people. Because of 1977, it became common usage to describe evil, which I believe that Harry would have had contact with Star Wars. Kids on the playground who played... God, do kids in England have to play... Potter? No. Do they? Do all the kids in England have to grow up playing Empire soldiers? Because they have the <laughs> British accents. Um, no, because there's good guys who have English accents. Who? Besides C-3PO. Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah, I guess. And Mon Mothma, I, I think, eventually. Yeah, but nobody knows her name. I just did. Yeah. You're not a kid on playground knew, in the 90s knew, in England. I knew who she was when I was a kid. I guess. Everyone knows But still... Um, like, I get to be Obi-Wan, I get to be Mon Mothma. Well, I guess the rest of us are in the Empire. Except for that one dude. The one American on the Death Star. Wait, which American? Don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Totally not English. That guy was in English? No, he wasn't English. He was also in Superman 2. He wasn't English there either? No. He was a news reporter talking to General Zod. The planet Houston? Earth. The planet Earth. Same guy. He had a mustache in there. Oh. I'm digressing. Well... I'm trying to now. I'm th- now. Yeah, we are digressing. We're going to sit here thinking about whether or not there were any English rebels. 
Um, before prequels or whatever yeah. the fuck well, there is now. Well, Obi-Wan for sure. Okay, Obi-Wan. Uh, is, is a good guy with an English accent. Um, I mean, the main four heroes... I, I would argue that Bib Fortuna was English. No. Oh, yeah. No, he was... He was, Twi- he was a Twi'lek. Yeah, it's English Twi'lek. No, okay. no England in, Pri- in Princess Twi'lek Princess here. Princess Leah switches back and forth, but only when she she's pissed. When she's bit. angry, when she's tapping into the dark side, she becomes English. Tapping into the dark. She's side. totally. She's just that mad. She's be- and she's tapping into her force sensitive dark side when she's talking to uh, Grandma Tarkin. Yeah, good old Grandma Tarkin. <laughs> You kids mind the pokies. I don't know what the fuck kids mind. You're choosing a new system. A, a new target. A military target. I'm not wearing boots. Yeah. Peter Cushing wasn't wearing boots in all of his scenes. He didn't want to wear them. So they shot him. They made sure they didn't show his feet. Huh. Weird. What a prima donna. <laughs> Glad he's dead. <sighs> I'm not. I don't have. I don't want to say that. Um, back to nope. British people. We're not there. We're not back yet. Just think about maybe the droids were British. Yeah, but only one of them spoke. Doesn't matter. Kenny Baker's British. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess I can't think of any other any others, but definitely Obi Wan. Yeah, Obi Wan. And he's in all three of the original films. He is. So. But it's one and a half British good guys. Because I'm calling half Princess Leia. Two and a half because of C-3PO. Oh, he's a droid. He's just programmed that way. By an American-accented kid on Tatooine. <laughs> Gotta do the arms. <laughs> for the audience at home. <laughs> for the, yeah, for all the people who can see you pretend to be C-3PO. Uh, <laughs> see, I thought the half-man you were referencing was Kenny Baker because you, you secretly hate me. Inappropriate! Because you, well, you said it! <laughs> I never said he was a half man. You did. You said he was barely a man. Half a man. A trash can man at that, you said. Wheeling around. I did not say any of those things. Fair enough. You called him a bucket of bolts. Chewbacca. I was was wondering if you'd go there. Well, he's... Again, he's... If 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 Chewbacca's British, then Bib Fortuna's British. No, only because Chewbacca's not a good guy, so it doesn't matter. Right. Chewbacca's also not... Yeah, why would you even reference him? Um, I don't know. Chewbacca's not even like acted by an actor like Peter Mayhew wasn't an actor he just was huge and they were like that's the guy <laughs> get him in the suit this has nothing to do with Harry Potter no, I just realized this is literally nothing you just realized I knew I just I, no. I mean I got so like, wait a second what podcast is this I just got so into Star Wars talking that I forgot <laughs> that we were talking about Harry Potter um or supposed to be my question was I thought you were going to ask if kids play Harry Potter on the playground and I thought in England, and I was like, "Well, yeah, they have to." I mean, I wonder if they play Star Wars. I wonder they if they must. Are there any American properties where the kids would do their best worst American accents? Probably Star Wars, Indiana Jones. I mean, those are international success. Things. Yeah, but no one's gonna like affect the voice. I would say for that. You don't think so? No. Um, and they're not. I don't. I wouldn't consider Indiana Jones as the sa- as, as the same well, kind of literally any almost any Disney thing, right? Again. Also, there's a lot of Disney things that I've. I mean, Harry sense. Potter. I've heard so many children try to do like at least the Hermione accent. They love that. I can't think of any American properties off the top. I'm losing. I'm losing my mind because there's so much. America's so good at like reappropriation 
Mm. Or not just appropriating. Culture theft. Just, yeah, culture theft. Just, like, taking things. So I'm thinking, like, well, it's got to be, like, Pokemon's pretty, like, you know, like, wait, nope, nope, that's not, that's not right. (laughs) Uh, And I was like, well, what about the Power Rangers? I was like, nope, that's also wrong. (laughs) They uh, took that from someone else also. Um, I mean, maybe the, like, the superheroes? Superheroes has to be a thing that people... Yeah. Pretend. Okay. And superheroes very they they have their voices. Yeah, and I, they're I definitely mo- most of the popular ones are American originated. And they and they are definitely voice heavy. Yeah. Well, at least in films. Whether they're gruff or baritone. Actually, in the films they all kind of sound the same, but vocally. Is Superman gruff? No. 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 Batman's the only one that has like a a different voice, and that's really just Christian Bale. Well, I think I think of Christopher Reeve. I don't think his voice is the same as any other Superman. Really? To me. No. I, there's nothing spectacular about any actor who's played Superman. I disagree. I think Christopher Reeve was the peak and everyone's tried to mimic him. But they're all different because they're lesser than. Sure, but he was just being himself. He's just as much of an actor in that sense as Chewbacca. No, I agree, but George Reeves didn't sound anything like that. Okay, I don't mean George Reeves. I'm not really sure. He's like, yeah, Lois. Sure. I got dentures. I don't know if he had dentures. I think that was every action. Again, I think he did every character like that in the... <laughs> It was it the, the 40s or 30s? 40s, 40s or 50s, yeah. yeah. All right. But yeah, I think that they there's got to be p- kids playing Spider-Man or kids playing Batman. In Who's the boy? <laughs> Double entendres. Should we get back? I guess. To cap that whole entire diatribe, don't say the Force or the Dark Side. Just don't. Don't go there. And if you do, use a find and replace search feature. <laughs> So what would you prefer? Something easy? Something catchy? Literally just call it like... like The bad side? She could say evil. He could say, I would, don't want it, I'm not going to turn evil. He references it as if it's like well, a but, thing all wizards are tempted to. Like the forces. Like the dark side is. Okay, no, that's actually pretty good. Like, like when you're talking about magic, like it's even more than the force, I think, or different. Because the force always implies that like there's it's a little religious. We've, we've discovered, or at least discussed in this podcast, that there are... There's a parallel between religion and magic in this. They may intersect at some way back point, but mm. as is now, they have they have parallel traje- trajectories. And I feel like with the way that they use magic in this, I don't know. I just feel like the, it, you could you could just call it like evil or or reference specifically like the Death Eaters, like reference. The, well, they don't have that yet. They don't have that yet. But ever, but they but they do. That's the thing is like. I guess I'm, I'm reading it with the with unfortunately a tainted eye. Or like, no, that's true. No, I, I I see what you're saying. Like in the world, those things all exist at this moment. Except, Even though as the reader, we're ignorant to them. I I feel like sometimes she's ignorant too. I feel like I, I believe the creation that of Harry Potter is like a fixed point that expands forward and into the past. Harry Potter is like if you if you had a napkin on a table and you spilled some water on it, yeah. and then the spill point spreads. Yeah, that's how it. That's how the fiction clearly is written. Is yes. that she she? It's not like. You know, I'm sure there's a, a lot of the different fictions where everything's well thought out and planned ahead. Like, I kind of feel like Game of Thrones is like that. Yeah. It must, I don't think it really is, like, 100%, but I feel like a lot of the big plot points were clearly established early on. A lot of the histories were established beforehand. I think the same thing with Lord of the Rings. I think a lot of those histories and all that other stuff is well established. Right. Um, this doesn't feel that way. This feels... this. I'm going to say it this way, and I don't mean it as insulting as it must sound if, if anyone gives a shit about my voice, but... 
it's like ad lib writing. It's like she is just and then this happens and then this happens. She's she's yes anding herself. Okay, a lot of the time. I, I feel like that. At least in this book. Yes. Yeah, and that's the thing. I feel like later books, she does start to get into the flow of, oh, this is how you might world build, yes. not while writing, right. but pre-world build building. Right. And that starts to, but it does have to, you know, still has to take this book as canon, which kind of has to set a tone. And and there's a few things, obviously, in the book that are, like, I'm sure she later feels like are a little too fanciful. Like, oh, I, I'm sure she has regrets. Like the tentacle thing, like the, the Kraken thing, just hanging out, or the giant squid hanging out in the lake, just chilling with kids. That's... Very Clifford the Big Red Dog to me. Like, that's very silly-ish. Yeah, I can say um, And it it's doesn't, it doesn't it, fit the Harry Potter theme that is very well established by the later books. It does seem very, like, the monsters. Yeah. Like, like, oh, we've or they got have a dragon, pet. right? Like, they have the, the uh, yeah, yeah. Don't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, or, you're, you know, you see, you see a movie where they have, like, the, they have the, um, tentacles coming up out of nowhere. Yeah, sure. It's but, but yeah, I see what you're saying. It's, it's just, uh, she's kind of hodgepodging all the fantasy things that she's liked. Or she's been attracted to. Yeah, she just gets like a, a, a whimsy and mm-hmm. is like, I'm gonna follow this and just put it down. And that's fine. I mean, again, like like I was saying, like the first time I compared it to Star Wars, I was referencing like how it probably would be beautiful and I would have none of these issues if it was standalone and never did anything else. Right. If there was never a sequel, Harry Potter just existed as is, I would have why would I complain about that? Why would anybody criticize it as much as I am? And the only reason I am is because it just the there's contradictions in the tone and the style that come later, mm-hmm. and that I I mean that just must be just something that we as the audiences need to grow through and get over on every fandom. It's just like get over it and like let it go and just who gives a shit. But I do. Okay. Right now. Fair enough. So chapter seventeen, part two, because this is where yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're going to go from here. Delineation into the next scene. Because I have a comment about yeah, I'm on the next scene. If we want to okay. move there, if yeah, you're done. Can, yeah, um, I think we're done with with in the in the pit or yeah, under the school. Well, hold on, a lot of places I, under the school. You know what? I do want to say one more thing. Okay, about the mirror because we get the mirror back, and somehow, how the fuck does that thing get in Harry's pocket? Patrick? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, DSA bullshit is that. It's Dumbledore's clever magic. Oh, Dumbledore. It's just, oh, it's not right. It's just, it's just weird. It just is like, there's nothing clever about Harry doing that. Like, it's it's kind of a little clever. Like, oh, maybe if I wish, the, think of the thing I want the most, I'll... I don't know, man. Like, if that was the case, why wouldn't his parents just pop up and be like, hey, we're alive oh, no. now? I think, I don't, I think it's... It's like writing a program. Dumbledore, Dumbledore took this thing. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he said, it shows you what you want, so if you want this one specific thing, you'll get the Brock. But even that, like, is so... There's there's nothing about that that I felt like justifies Harry's logic jump. Like, to the, to get to the point where, he's, where he makes that realization feels like a leap of faith. It feels like... Well, because he already knew how the mirror worked. I, yeah, I guess, but, like, that's like... My, my bigger problem is the fact that Dumbledore knew that he would be in this position and let him go. Oh. No, I, I buy that. Really? Yeah, totally. Because Dumbledore keeps doing things to Harry to, like, encourage him to stretch his limits of, of acceptable danger and acceptable risk. Oh, man. Like, I mean, he, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Like, he keeps providing him opportunities and instructions, essentially, to break rules and push the the boundaries. And here, here, buddy, here's that invisible cloak. Also, here it is again. <laughs> you can have it back. You're going to need it, kid. 
I that is clearly established, well established. I feel like the the mirror trick is a little, okay. at least in the book. I felt like the movie I was fine with it for some reason, but I don't know for some reason it sticks in my craw in the uh, in the book. Okay. But after that, Harry goes to the hospital. Right, he's, he's in the, the hospital, hospital wing. wing. Nice throwback joke with the toilet seat. Yeah, I. Uh, there's another really heavy paragraph. This is the second heavy paragraph in these so, two chapters. Uh, the, like exposition. The one, no, the, the one about. Oh, I guess I'm it sorry. Is exposition, okay. but no, but it's about, not. This is what I meant. I understand. It's, it's the one about Flamel being okay with dying. Yeah. Like that one was again another moment where at the last two chapters of the book, I'm like, I'm like, wow, she's laying it down. She's like giving kids a a shorthand guide to death. That might be a British thing because it's you very similar so? to a sentiment in at least the book Peter Pan. Yeah. Death's an next big death, adventure. Death, death is a mighty big adventure, yeah. is what Peter Pan says. Yeah. But he says it with glee. This is said with, like, somber reflection. Because I thought this... No, it is very heavy. I think you're obviously supposed to see that parallel to Peter Pan. I don't think that that's accidental. Okay. Um, I think that, however, though, that it's still much more realistic here. Like, Pan's was like... Yeah, he... I guess it's, I guess Flamel's similar to Pan in the sense that he lives forever and then eventually decides that he's okay with death but like pan isn't pan accepts living right he accepts getting old nicholas mel is already old do you think do you think he is like 600 years old decrepit like miracle max and his wife or do you think he's a young looking man that's 600 years old i think he is whatever age he i think he's like dorian gray i think he's like whatever age he got the stone he froze he and his wife froze huh okay it still felt extremely heavy for... And followed up with as much money in life as you could want. The two things most human beings could choose above all. The trouble is humans do have a knack of choosing precisely those things that are worse for them. Yeah, I thought that was, like, a really well-worded way to talk to kids about, like, drugs. <laughs> I thought, when I read oh, that, you out, you I was drugs. like... Huh? You thought drugs. I thought of drugs. I, I thought of, like, you know, or, or just indulgences or overindulgences yeah, yeah, in general. Okay. But, like... You know, in, in being being American in in the age that I grew up, in very like post nineteen eighties drug war, like we're talking about a lot of culture inundating children with an anti drug, just say no, dare kind of indoctrination, and this smacked of that, especially considering when it was written. So, like that's why I went to that. Okay, um, but. Obviously, you know, we can talk about food. We can talk about relationships, you know, laziness, I mean, relationships, sex, people want what they often just because they don't have it they want it it, it, it seemed more of a reflection of the human condition to me but, you know I'm saying it is I'm just saying like those are okay my bad no I, I agree that yes it, it is a deeper overall wide thing about the human condition you got drugs well not on me but I did think that it was I, you holding no Mm-mm. got nothing man but I need it no I got nothing for you man. On, man no I don't have your unicorn blood man and that's the drugs bear. <laughs> Anyways. You were saying. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying I think there was any intent behind what she was saying to specifically call out drugs, but as the reader, that's what I, that's what came to my mind was like a reflection of, yeah, this is like, this rings like every other piece of anti-drug propaganda I'd ever read, like it would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like it is just kind of like it's not an incredibly deep thing to say but it is a frank thing to tell children it's a mm-hmm. frank and, and refreshing thing that I feel like was obviously a reminder to kids of like you know when you grow up like consider that the things you're fighting for that you want deeply or badly they may just be bad for you mm-hmm. like they may 
be a thing you need to temper with restraint so that you don't overindulge and become a Dursley. Ooh, nice. Because who else is... Who is more overly indulgent than the Dursleys in these books? Voldemort? No, he's not even. He doesn't even... Like, we don't get to experience him in this book. Oh, I see. Okay. Specifically this book, he's not really around. No one. They're fat. How many presents does Dudley get? More than he needs, plus extra per year. You know, he gets two bedrooms. Just, it's, it's very clear that that's a part of what she's talking about and why, why the Dursleys are such the such, supposed to be such a foil for Harry as opposed to as we find out in the last paragraph just Harry's like torture play things <laughs> we'll get to that okay um, yeah so that's there was that love yeah. oh what, why, why he didn't die yeah whatever okay I mean it's that moment is much better in the movies at least with like in this moment it's better than the movies and then especially in the last couple of films where like there's so many flashbacks like I don't know I, I believed it more in the movie than this one this one where it feels like oh of course it's love I mean she writes a sweet little paragraph about how parents love their kids sure which I believe was heartfelt and sincere like this whole book was obviously written essentially for her daughter I believe she's got a daughter well it was it was sort of I mean from what I remember like a little bit of the Harry mythos is that it was like a no I'm not talking about my ass I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> but I, I always like the little bit. Quirrell um, said Snape, Professor Snape, Harry. Yeah, him. Like <laughs> Harry, just either ignoring or just or, or not catching it, or flat out ignoring the little admonishment. Like, no, fuck you. Yeah, he, that he, guy. Respect your elders. Respect not your gonna teachers. do it. It's, also, he tried to save your life. Yeah, that was something. Again, we, we didn't talk about in the in the last chapter where it was the reveal that Snape was actually protecting Harry mm. a lot of the times. That's important, but. Again, knowing the movies, it's at this point kind of. And I feel like they do a decent job with the little fake outs to make it look like he has petty reasons for protecting Harry. Yeah. And could still be evil. Yeah. Which, in retrospect, you're like, no, it's obvious. Yeah. It's hero. For the last couple of pages, unless this, you were including this, uh, the photo album. I've always loved that bit. Hagrid giving Harry the photo album. Okay. No, expound. I don't have anything. I thought no, I just maybe uh, we would come to something nah, together. I, I, it's meaningless. Like he's already he already found out. Oh, by the way, there's a mirror I can see my family in. <laughs> like, but it's not meaningless. Why does it have meaning? Because it's real memories that he okay. was a part of. Real snapshots of real life, not a fantasy life in a mirror. But he's barely a part of them. Like there must doesn't be- matter. Stoke sandwich. What's a stoat sandwich? Oh, it's a sandwich with a stoat in it. What's a stoat? Ah, I looked it up. It's like a weasel? Ew. Yeah. Like a, like a little, like a mongoosey ferdy kind of thing. Is that something Hagrid fed Harry? What? And that's weird because he's like, it's not a stoat sandwich, is it? Like, that's been... Is that something we experienced before? I don't remember when he went on for tea before they had Hermione. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Uh, end of your feast. Super fun. End of your feast. Yeah. Always fun, especially even though Harry saved the day and got the most points, Neville gets the yeah, it, final moment. That's always nice. It's cheesy, but it's nice. It's like, cheesy, but it, yeah, it gets you every time. Yeah, it's like a fondue. <laughs> I forgot the exam results were still to come, but come, they did. I like that. I like that she forces in to include the... By the way, they're still in school. <laughs> Despite all this craziness, they still uh, have classes and grades. Kids, so don't 
forget, you know, don't get wrapped up in your own lives and ignore your studies because you will be graded. I would be really interested to read a child's book report on this book. <laughs> I liked it very much. Yeah, I wonder, like, what it what it would read like. I wonder, like, how much insight would be in a book. Like, even an 11-year-old. Like, 11-year-olds aren't stupid. No. Like, they can comprehend things and think complexly in some capacity, I'm sure. I don't know any 11-year-olds, but... I don't either. But, uh... I don't know. Sometimes I think about that. Like, I think about the things that we're saying about it. Because that's essentially what I th- this podcast kind of is, is like an oral book report, you know, about yeah. our, our musings about reading a, a subject or, or a, this book. But I wonder what the target audience, like, what their take on it is. And if 11's too old. Oh, my kid's read all the way up through six, and she's nine now. We started him early. I guess you have to talk to people who were 11 when it came out. Wow, those people are going to be 40. No. They're going to be 30. When they were 11 when it came out? 97. Oh, I thought you said 91. Oh. No, it was, it was, takes place in 91. The book okay. came out in 97. I would argue we're that doing it was the, being we're written doing a 20 or year started in 91. Right? Yep. Okay, yeah, so they'd be, they'd be, so they're as old as I am. Yeah. But I didn't read it at that time. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. <clears throat> when did you read it? Last month. <laughs> right. We should do a show about that. Wait a minute. <laughs> Want some Hannah Barbera sound effects. Look at the boop. And then so... Well, the, la- okay. the last paragraph. The, so if you want yeah, to talk the last, about Yeah, the last couple pages are great, but the, the, the last sentence where Harry plans to torture Dudley all summer. Fuck Harry. <laughs> Fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> Such a dick. Like... They don't know that we're not allowed to use magic. They don't... Yeah, yeah he just... Ugh. That's like that's the kind of fucking crazy justification you give when you really gonna do some shit that's evil. Like where you're like, as long as this person doesn't know what the law is, <laughs> I can take advantage of them and exploit them. That's horrifying. That's awful and evil. <laughs> oh, we started. It's like, we ended up where we started. Yeah, it's terrible. He's the worst. Like I want to read the books that are like the, the, the like Dudley's diaries. I want to read like Dudley being like, you, you know, like. To die, I return my fate and the snakes. <laughs> and then, like, just just over and over, like examples of that, where Dudley's horrors of growing up with this monster under his, you know, stairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so you're saying Harry's a monster under the stairs? Yeah. Hmm. Always has been. Always has. Until he gets Dudley's second room. Until he, you know, like like most hauntings or ghosts until they cement themselves in the house. Harry's essentially a poltergeist, is what I'm saying. He's haunting the Dursley house. Every time he's there, it's like they built that house on Indian burial ground and in London. They didn't move the bodies. <laughs> they didn't move the bodies, they just moved the graves. <laughs> you maniacs. <laughs> it makes sense for movies. I am. I am, but I... So, thoughts of the book as a whole. Poltergeist, wait, was that Poltergeist was and Pet Cemetery? I was mixing? No, it was Pet Poltergeist and... Planet of the Apes. Yeah, but also Pet Cemetery. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's another Indian burial ground. Okay, you're, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Indian burial ground, because it was a regular graveyard. Yes. Where they didn't move the grave. Okay, yes. Yes, I'm sorry. Right. Yes, so. Yes. It, so the answer to the question is yes. Thanks. <laughs> so, thoughts of the book as a whole, where do you think it will go? How might it differ for what you know of the movies? 
Oh, I have a feeling we'll get a lot more characters I've never dealt with. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine they're... I don't know if Peeves is going to be around. Oh, Peeves is Chuck. Ugh. Chuck through the books. Great. Peeves, I can't wait. Um, I'm interested, you know, in stuff like that. I'm interested in more great Neville stuff. Um, I'm anticipating lots of really cool Neville shit. Um, I'm not looking forward to reading all of the, like, pre-pubescent and pubescent dating That's stuff. not for a bit. It's still gross. Like, it still feels can, like something I don't want to read. I can see that. Like, I get uncomfortable in the scene in Goblet of Fire where they're, like, you know, dating the Patel twins and... Or they go to the dance with the twins. Yeah, yeah. And then, they're, and then Hermione, like, has her breakdown, which was very weird in the film. So maybe it'll be better explained in the movie. I feel like it's it's more fleshed out in the book okay. where it's... She's, she breaks down because... And just, just to get in spoiler territory, in the book, I believe... She obviously wanted to go with Ron at some point. Yeah. But then it was like, he didn't ask me. I got asked. Fuck it. That's where my mind is now. And he just comes in and ruins it. Yeah. Where in the movie, she still has kind of a pining thing. And, and, and yeah. I don't know. I, uh, okay. as overall as a, as a, as a book, I liked it. I'm, I'm, it's a fast read. I mean, it's, it's not the fastest read, but it's still, again, I hope that the, the next couple books are faster because I hope there's less Quidditch. I feel like that's a, a real drag on this book. I feel like we can probably, unless there's something specifically of note, we can kind of gloss over Quidditch chapters in the future. Well, Feels I like read them, but like almost every book has two chapters. They have, they have other things in them, you know, right. like the morning of or the night of. No, leading up to the events, fine. I just don't need a fucking play-by-play every time. I also don't need Quidditch to be, well, I have to include it because I've put it in the first book and made it <laughs> such a big deal. So now we have to, I have to find new ways to make Quidditch important and exciting. I've always enjoyed reading them. Good, but I just tell you I fall asleep. <laughs> I, I have a hard time staying awake during Quidditch chapters. Quidditch is like... Quidditch is Harry Potter curling. It's just not interesting. <laughs> like you can be happy that we won gold as much as you want. No one cares about Quidditch or no one cares about curling. Did we win gold? Yeah, oh, exactly God. my point. We won a fucking gold medal. America won a gold medal in curling, and nobody gives it. Nobody knows. Anybody who says, "Oh, great, I'm so excited about curling," fuck you. Like, I have I, fun curling in your own like you know local wherever curling alley. Is that what they call them? I was just paying attention to Keegan Randall. Reiterate. I'll reiterate, Quidditch is as interesting as curling. No one gives a shit about curling. It's the same shit. It's just a boring fucking sport where you take some house cleaning supplies and pretend that you're an athlete. (laughs) (laughs) And... (laughs) That's a fantastic description. (laughs) It's the same shit. It's like, who cares? Don't even care that we won gold. Like, I get it, but no one... It's anybody who says that they care about us winning gold and curling. Oh, slow clap. Good for you. You're such a de- you're such a proud American. Anyway, <laughs> that's the end of book one. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. The end of book one is fuck curling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the takeaway. It's the takeaway of the whole book. Is fuck <laughs> curling. You know what? Curling, just fucking ugh. Join us next week for Death Readers, Harry Potter, and the Chamber of Secrets, Episode 1. Okay. Next time on Death Readers. Welcome to Death Readers, Episode 6. Fuck. Okay. I can do it. <laughs> oh, we're... Okay. Because that was... Good. I'll just do it right. I'll do oh, it well, Baby, you had a lot of energy. I'll have right. energy. It's okay. Welcome back! <laughs> You're listening to Patronus and the Grindelow! Brrr.